Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Country Podcast, where we discuss faith, family, and the outdoors. I'm Josh Hess, here with my good old buddy, Josh Reed. What's up, my man? Glad, to, uh, glad to be back. Yeah, buddy. Um, today, we've, we figured out we'd discuss a little bit of uh, what we got going on uh, hunting-wise. I think, I don't know if we've mentioned or not where we're from, uh, eastern Kentucky area. Um, things are starting to get cold. We got leaves changing. It feels like deer hunting outside. It definitely does. Yes. Um, if we can stay consistent with this cold, I'd be okay with it. But this whole back and forth, cold and hot, it's got my sinuses all out of whack <laughs> and everything else. But so if you hear him sniffling, yeah, it's not me. I'm not making him cry. He's actually uh, just getting a little snotty on me. That's yeah, okay. That's but, all right. But yeah, it's uh, it's actually October 25th. So looking at what putting this out a couple of days from now so we're towards that like mid to end october and like you said it's starting to cool down and yeah. it's starting to you know we talk about the cold and leaves are falling and when you walk outside in the morning you have that cool crisp in the air it feels like deer hunting outside yeah what do you think? it definitely does and uh one thing we talked about too is like the differences in our hunting environment of when we went out in July, right, and hung cameras and tree stands and done all of our scouting and sweat to death. Oh, yeah. um, with and the, With the ticks and the mosquitoes. For sure. And now it's a whole other world. It, it looks completely different from, from what we would have started. Um, and you kind of got to play to that, right? Um, so oh. why don't you go ahead and kind of dive into that, Hess? So right. what, to kind of paint the picture, we got permission to hunt a new property um, over the summer, and me and Hess went out and you know did a couple couple days out there scouting. And before we hung a stand or a camera or anything like that, why don't you kind of go ahead and dive into that of like what were the things that we were looking for early on, um, and how that has changed, you yeah. know, as we get into October and and here in Eastern Kentucky of what we would consider like the pre rut. Yeah. kind of what we're getting into yeah it's not necessarily the rut bucks chasing getting hot you know hot does but it's kind of got that feel of you know the bucks are starting to kind of spar around a little bit yeah some of the bucks are kind of getting up and cruising so once you kind of just take a little dive into that so it, it's changed a lot to the aspect of us not i we've been on this property before we've hunted this property a couple times just in a quick little pinch of needing a place for, for a go, uh, a gun hunt yeah. or to, to drop a doe or two, but to really have access, um, to the full property to, um, really scout out and have all the opportunities that we needed to, um, this year was the year for that. Um, I changed my hunt spot, uh, one of my spots before, um, I had to leave because of people, you know, selling the property and whatnot and, and, property owner is almost like family to me so mm -hmm. it just kind of fit anyways and we, you know as generous as he is just saying you know boys we we love that you're out here do what you do best and you have full access <laughs> he actually told us at one point stop asking me for stuff or stop asking me if you can do stuff this place is your place oh he tells us almost every time this we go place out is yours quit, ask, quit asking me questions this place is yours it's a big deal i mean it's uh, and you can't ask for for better people and i know that he he likes what we're doing out there, uh, which is really, really cool for us. Because I mean, it's it's awesome, and I think he he's one of the people that loves what we do as much as we do. Right. You know, so. And to compare that to places where you've had to ask permission, 
or um, people might be a little bit leery or you have real bad property lines or you're allowed to do this, but don't do this. Like having an open um, avenue to do whatever's best for your hunt oh, yeah. is a complete game changer. And when they're a family of him and his wife that, that love us out there and leave snacks on the porch and <laughs> keep a refrigerator full of drinks. and They get Hess out of the woods uh, early because he uh, they've made him breakfast a couple times on the oh, back yeah. porch. Absolutely. So, so. When you start uh, smelling bacon, rise up the holler. Right. I'll get out a tree stand and run down the hill for that. <laughs> Listen, so. I used to, I used to hunt on a lady in Louisa when I lived down there and I was teaching down there that she would text me and say, I got breakfast. Right. And I, those were the days that I'd crawl out of the tree stand just a little bit early. Absolutely. So. Um, but yeah, we, so, uh, early July, I think it was, it was definitely in July when we, um, started looking around. We, we knew that he had a lot of flat property on the left-hand side of huge hillside and then a good flat property on the top. So. Um, we were just kind of doing the regular routine at scouting. We're looking at food sources, looking at water sources, trying to find some bedding areas, trying to see where, you know, um, acorns might be dropping later on in the year, that kind of stuff. And, um, and to kind of, to kind of paint a, a picture here too, to kind of, I hate to cut you off, but you're good, you're good. to kind of paint a picture, it's really flat around the bottom yeah. of where this area is and it there's a pipeline that runs along the top of this ridge right. so you have some more open areas towards the, towards the top and there's kind of some natural funnels on this property because there's some cliffs so right. if you can imagine where we're at like it's not like our elevation is is barely nothing like it's around a thousand feet when you're at the top but to get from the bottom to the top is basically straight up and down right. so it's not very tall but it's some pretty gnarly steep cliff like stuff so um, there's some areas there where you can use those nat. We're kind of looking for those natural, uh, I guess you would call them almost highways, especially for when you get later on the season. And we'll get to that in a minute. But there's some natural uh, travel corridors there, and some some crossing points where the deer are all traveling because they're not going to climb a cliff. Right, and, and you would think the the cliff side and all the steepness and stuff would be a hindrance, and, and in some way it potentially could be, especially when it comes to access and stuff that you have to do. But yeah. it also can be a plus on the side of you know what they're taking because it's it's one of the few many avenues up and down the hill you know what yeah. i'm saying so when you uh which Hess actually shot shot a doe earlier in the year and when we were tracking her we found a couple areas too between these cliffs that we hadn't seen when we were scouting where are just heavy crossing points right because if i've got a you know a 20 30 foot cliff here and a 20 30 foot cliff here and there's one little tiny crossing point that runs in between them where a deer could walk. They, if they're traveling that area, that's about the only option they have to cross to get, you know, to get on up that holler. So, you know, you find those. And when you're scouting early in the year, like Hess said, it, it, you're focusing on bedding, your food, and you're trying to really honestly pattern, pattern a buck or pattern the deer early in the year while they're still in those summer feeding patterns. So they're still in those bachelor groups. And I think anybody that's been hunting for a while, either knows or will quickly find out that patterning a buck or even deer movement in general early season can completely change by the season of now oh, yeah. or when it gets cold not only because of the the trees thinning out or or the food supply kind of changing but just their their natural innate kind of instincts that just uh, change a lot of patterns and, and October is definitely one of those. And you, you hear forever the October lull of just, and, and it's, it speaks volumes. You know, I put a new camera out this year. 
and all summer long in velvet had just awesome access, awesome pictures of, of decent bucks that a couple of them were good little target bucks. And now it's, it's slim to numb. I don't know if you've seen or not, but my, my big eight came in. Did he? Yeah. He came in last night. <laughs> First time I've seen this buck in probably a up. month, probably a month. Yeah. yeah. He finally showed up. Um, and it's exciting to see and, and knowing that rut's around the corner because rut can bring in. You don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Like yeah. nothing. Yeah. It can pull your deer out that you've been watching, but also can, can pull whatever in. And we know we got the dough. Oh, I, yeah. I got the dough. <laughs> so. And, and that's the thing too. You talk about, I think the deer changing their patterns and you talk about the dreaded October lull. Right. And deer hunters talk about that. And every year you see these articles that come out, you know, talk about the October lull. And really, honestly, I think it's a myth because when it comes down to it, deer have to move. What do they have to move for? They have to find water. They have to find shelter, find a good place to bed, and they have to find food. Okay. So it doesn't matter what time of the year. They have to have those things. Yeah. They have to have those things to live. So they're still moving. Yeah. Now. Where are they going? <laughs> Are they move? Are they moving in the same place they were moving when you had them patterned on the camera in right. June and July and August yeah. and early September? The answer is probably not. Right. You know, so because the deer are thinking about different things, yep. the deer are doing different things. So yep. the October lull to me is honestly coming from stubborn hunters, That's which true. I am one as well, and sure. I have been one, Absolutely. and I know you are too. <laughs> yeah, stubborn hunters of okay, the deer just aren't moving. Right, it's October lull. Yeah. Uh, the, the bucks just aren't moving. We just you know? assume they, they stand up and right. eat something and lay down. Listen, they're moving. Right. Now, they might not be moving where you're hunting, right? but they are moving. So sure. can I get out and can I can I get out of that comfort zone? Yeah. And can I get out of that and can I go find them? Can I get aggressive? Right. Right. So can I get aggressive? Can I, can I change what I'm doing? You know, because whatever you were doing in September. So like our bow season comes in the first Saturday of September. What you were doing in September might have been an awesome plan, and it might have been awesome for the first month of both season. Right. But are you willing to not be stubborn, get out of your comfort zone, take a look back at what that plan is, and reevaluate it when you get to mid-late October and see, okay, right. is this still the best plan of action to try for to sure. kill that kill that shooter buck? And we've talked before about you know a wave of emotions coming with deer hunting, and and I, and I think. If you're passionate about it, not not moving from a spot and a comfort zone isn't just as easy as saying the premise of it is laziness, right? That's right. I think a lot of it has to do with it's you've in, you've invested a lot of time into it. You know what I'm saying? You can put your eggs all in one basket and be like, you know, back to back to this situation. <laughs> it sounds laziness to the fact that the spot that I picked was at the bottom of the hill, right? <laughs> right, but in reality, the path of least resistance. Right, right. In reality, you have to think of a lot of things. Food source, you know, we, we have a lot of, of, you know, different trees there that still had, you know, was eventually was dropping like crazy when it got colder. There's a creek line right behind us, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen the highways coming off of these, these hillsides. So it wasn't like it was um, a terrible spot. And, I mean, you, yeah, got, and you, you got to think of our, you got those main things. You, you got to think food, approach, yeah. right? Approach yeah. too is, is, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fella, you know, I can get after it, but by the time I get to the top of the ridge, am I as quiet and not smelling like a bunch of sweat, right? <laughs> by the time I get to the top of this ridge versus in the stand that I'm in, I, I'm in now, but 
when you invest all this time, see, if you can remember, I had a tree that I wanted in this stand, right? Oh, I, I, got, I got a big climber, right? <laughs> it's, it, I mean, I'm sorry, a big ladder stand. Um, big fella needs a big stand. And uh, we decided on a tree. It's a good spot, good vantage point. Um, and we were pretty confident on it. Um, what we didn't see, tunnel vision, right? Mm-hmm. What we didn't see was this tree was on the edge of a hillside. This tree was way too round for the bottom of it. Tree was way too big. It was terrible. And we fought for hours just trying to get this stand up. A stand of granite that we had put up numerous times. Yeah. It wasn't, like you said, even that day, like breathing heavy and wore out was the fact of we're not weaker than we were a couple years ago. No. What's, what's happening? And it was muddy it, and we're on a steep hillside. And it was tunnel vision. Hang it up hill. It was tunnel vision. We were stubborn. Yeah. And, and we got complacent because we had, we had investments into that. Because I didn't see another tree, right? So, so we eventually did pick, and I do have a spot now that I do hunt. Now, back to what we said of the transition of of the view, right? Yeah. What our view from from our stand in July is not the same view in October. No, everything's completely different, and, and I I give Hess a lot of crap because yes, he did he did pick the tree stand that was at you know the very bottom of the ridge. That's okay. But you got there's a lot of things that come into play, and it's a good looking area because he's got he's got these oak flats that run on these ridges at the bottom of these cliffs. So you got acorns dropping all over the place. He's got a creek behind him. So he, there's your water, there's your food, right at the bottom of these cliffs are where most of these deer are liking to bed. Okay, so he's got bedding, he's got food, he's got water, and you've got two haulers that basically come down into the same area at the bottom where he's hunting. So you have several different travel areas and travel routes that all kind of intersect in one spot, and then, boom, there's a tree stand. So once you talk about just some of the issues that you're having with your stand now, Hess, basically, you know, in you know mid to late October versus the ones that you were having early on. Right. Um, of course, now is it's um, visual. A lot of it's visual, I believe. A lot of where we thought we were covered up, we had the – um, the blind spots to be able to see the deer coming. Um, they're not as blind anymore, you know? Um, and that's just, that's just how it works. Like to think that, um, it was going to be the same and it's just trial and error. We, we spoke on this, I think, when, you know, the very first episode that we done about, you know, this whole hunting process and just life in general is just trial and error. It's just figuring out what works and oh, figuring yeah, out yeah. what doesn't work. Just figure um, it out. And I'm not even saying that my stand now isn't a stand that's going to work and potentially get me a big buck. Hopefully, I'm, I'm going to speak that into existence. No, I mean we <laughs> hunted we hunted Sunday evening and had had deer on us. I mean, right. it's, so you, right. you you're in a good spot. Right, but but it has changed. It has changed. I passed up on a on a pretty nice velvet eight earlier in the season that walked 15 yards from me. You know, um, but I, I think it kind of goes back to what Reed said of the fact of are you willing to go to the deer? Because they're wild animals. Like if, if 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 we were able for them just to come straight to us and us to you know take them out that way, like it, it would it would kind of defeat the purpose of the the adrenaline aspect of the hunt. Not only are we going into their element, but we have to start thinking like them, and and regear our approach per se, because they're going to change. And and if your presence, your scent you know, the pressure that you put in the woods, they're going to modify to that because they want to live, right? Oh, yeah. So you have to, even if you're not changing your approach of your stand, we, we've talked about this here recently of my stand might be fine, 
How are we coming into the stand? That's right. How are we leaving the stand? And I've seen a lot of people that they have issues with that. And I'm like, listen, man, you're trying to pattern the deer. The deer has you pattern. Yeah. yeah. Like, guarantee that deer knows they might see you walk in, even if your wind's good. If they're bedding up, like in our situation, you can look up on the very tip top of the ridge on those cliffs. We know that's where those deer like to bed. As those leaves start to fall, I was going to say what what, what do they great, what do they have now that they didn't have in July? They can see yep. our fat butts walking up that hollow, <laughs> absolutely, and say, "Well, here comes these guys again." There's Tubby, yeah, and they want to come, they want to come down yeah. and eat those acres and yeah. get, and, but they're not because they know we're there, right? You know what I mean? And then the second we leave, an hour later, you get the notification on your phone that the the deer are back. You it's know what happened. I mean? It happens. It happens. So I mean, yeah, you try to pattern the deer. Listen, they got. <laughs> There's a good chance they got you pattern. So, are you willing to not be stubborn? Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to get aggressive without without being reckless? Right. I think is where you kind of go with that because if you're not doing something different, you're doing the same thing and you're expecting a different outcome. Well, we all know that's the definition of insanity, right? Sure. So, are you willing? It's not you're putting a square peg in a round hole. So yep. you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to go, like I said, be aggressive without being reckless yeah. and and if you do that more often than not i think you're you're at least going to be in deer you're going to yep. have more success and listen you might you might bump deer but listen it's better than sitting and waiting for a buck to show up it's never going to come yeah absolutely and, and i think here's the thing too ruts around the corner you know one of my biggest bucks that i've killed was just a a buck that was after a doe he didn't care that we were there we set that blind up a week beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we yeah. made a bunch of noise going in there. He had his mind on one thing. So to say that rut shows up and that I still can't kill a big buck out of that stand, that's possible, right? Yeah, it happens every it, year. Anything can happen, right? But but I think we're talking more of this seasoned hunter going above and beyond to do better, be better, be a better hunter. And and I think that ties into life as well, right? Um, it's It's – not staying stagnant, not just getting, like you said, in that comfort zone. That's right. And and being being a better father, right? Being a better husband, being a better you in general, um, being a better Christian, you know. And I think it ties back a lot to the one thing I think of um, is in Second Samuel eleven. Like we know David. David, of course, had the big story as a kid of defeating Goliath. He had his highs at an early age. So that's when you hear about, you know, David. A lot of times you don't think of King David later on in his life becoming king. Um, but in Second Samuel 11, it says, In the spring at the time when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites. But David remained in Jerusalem. And then, of course, the story goes on to say, he, after he was taking a nap, he decided to take a stroll, looked upon a lady, slept with her. We know the whole story. Um, ended up killing her husband and all the other stuff that come with that, losing the baby, all these things. Um, and the Bible talks about David being a man after God's own heart. But what happened to David in this situation was he got complacent. He got comfortable, like you said. Yeah. And in those situations, I think when we sit and we think, well, I've done all this, 
I've done this here. I know what I'm doing. I'm king now. These other guys can go do what I'm supposed to be doing. And we sit and get stagnant. It, it, it allows, for me, I think it allows the enemy to kind of creep in open doors that we allow just to stay open because we just want to sit and be comfortable. But in reality, when that happens, we're not seeing what's next. We're not, we're not, you know, even my personal walk in faith is, is, you know, am I going to church? Am I, you know, am I doing the worship at my church? Like I do that stuff's fine. But in reality, what is God, what's next? What does God want for me next? Am I, am I showing my kids my faith through reading my Bible at the house? Right. Or am I, am I talking to my coworkers because that the scripture and stuff that I have in my head of the studies that I do setting stagnant and just saying, I think I'm fine just because I show up to church. I think I'm fine just because I, I go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and pay my tithe. What's God wanting more of you? You know, what do you want more of yourself? That's a big thing here lately with me and you, right? Oh yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm on the heavier side and I want to not be, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a process. You know, we're, we're, we've been getting after it and waking up early in the morning and Josh's been kicking think, my butt. I think you're great, man. <laughs> no, but for real, like, and that's a testament to it. I can sit, I can sit back and say, you know, well, you know, I'm married now and, and I got kids and, you know, I can let myself go, but make excuses. if I want to be comfortable, I want to eat whatever I want and I want to set my butt on the couch. There's consequences of that. I don't think God wants that for our spiritual life. I don't think God wants that for our physical life. Um, and, and I think that's the way to be a, a better hunter. If, if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to figure out what you need to do. And even if it's tough to get to the top of the hill, the top of the hill might have the big buck. God might have something in store for you at the top of the hill, but it's not necessarily easy. I think, uh, I think, Oh, I, I love it, man. But I, I think what makes me, when you talk about that, it kind of popped in my head. It's from the, I think it's Hebrews. It talks about your faith and talks about, you know, being a Christian and your faith, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So when I think of that, that's the first thing that popped in my mind when you started talking about David. When I think about that, if I'm a, if it's a sprint, okay, I'm going to get complacent. I just finished wherever I just got to in my life, whether it's in my faith, you know, at home, as a husband, as a father, as a hunter, I got complacent, right? I want to look at all this. It's a marathon. I'm just, I'm continuing to get better. So it, even if I'm at what I thought, where I wanted to be, where I needed to be, okay, where's the next goal? What, how am I going to keep, keep growing? And that's what this is all about. We having a growth mindset and trying to be better. And I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm trying to be a better Christian. I'm trying to be, be a better dad. I'm trying to be a better deer hunter. I'm trying to whatever it may be, right? We're we're trying to get better at this podcast, right? So it, it's we're always talking about growing. So I think it's really important to look at life and your faith of it's not a it's not a sprint, no, because you're going to get where you're going, and then okay, I'm going to take a big deep breath, I'm going to relax, and I'm going to get complacent, I'm going to get comfortable, like David did, and then that that sin starts to kind of creep in, and that little bit of sin can turn into bigger things like it did in that story so that's sure. that's awesome man i love it yeah absolutely like i said i think all in all just to um to know that even even in david's story he started at a young age i have a buck on my wall right you see it you see it all the time oh yeah you were there when i killed it that's right i got a buck and i got a, a trophy up on my wall of a moment in time 
where I killed it. That's right. <laughs> I killed the deer. You're on top I, of the I world. killed the hunt. It was great. That year, I was so pumped. On top of the world. Do you remember next year? The next year, I was super. <laughs> I was super happy. We we took weed eaters. We took we we took a tiller up in the woods to make a food plot. Right. All that work. How many hours did we spend up there? So it makes me think of a picture by Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow where he hasn't seen the sunshine in three dang days. Yep. We just hadn't seen a deer in three dang weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But but even <laughs> you know, even that bad. following year, I put, bad year, I put so much work into it. That's right. Because I thought, oh, this is where the deer's at. This is where I'm going to be successful again. I wasn't. But I in wasn't. reality, it was a buck that it chased, was, a it was hot, a chased a hot doe yeah. in front of you, and you shot it. It was awesome, man. Yeah. It's awesome, but you can't take that trophy into the next year and the next year and the next year of, oh, because, listen, that's that's three or four years ago. No, people could go in my house and see that deer and think, man, he's a big-time deer hunter. Yeah. He, he kills big bucks. No, I kill big buck. One. <laughs> I got one big buck, right? I've got I've got other bucks, but but the, the one trophy buck that I have is in my living room. But that big buck in my living room, is that supposed to sustain me th- for the rest of my life? No, man. Right? No. You got to keep growing. You got to right. keep. It's a marathon. You right. got to keep pushing. Right, and here's the thing: I've had ruts, right? I, when I say ruts, as in I've had bad years. Oh yeah, we've had bad, bad times. That that happened the first year at that spot, and for the next three years of that spot was terrible. And just like the October low, I I hear deer hunters all the time, and I see these articles, and I th- see things that people put out of, oh, you know, the rut, the rut just ain't real good this year. Right. You know, like it, the no, rut's just true. terrible this year. I'm like, listen, do you really think that we're gonna go against science? That these does are not coming in heat. Right. They're all coming in heat. Yeah. And listen, they're just not where you are. It's you. That's right. Fix you. <laughs> and the the bucks, when those does come in heat, they will be chasing them. They right. will be finding them. And when you find the hot doe, you're going to find the bucks. Right. So they, the rut isn't good this year. That doesn't exist. That, For sure. Uh, no. <laughs> and, and, that and, the, and the best deer hunter still stumbles upon hunting mistakes. Oh, you know listen, and listen, we say this stuff. This is all stuff that we have done. All oh, the things and, that we've said, and all I'm, the mistakes that we've made. And I'm preaching to myself. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm the one still probably going to go climb up in that stand this that's weekend, right. hopefully. Because we, at times, we get tunnel vision. Sure. We get stubborn. Yeah. And, you know, when in reality, you put in a lot of, you know, you put in a lot of time in one spot and you put in and you, it feels rewarding when you finally get it done. But, if you would go in a different way and take a different approach and go up in there and stick one with your bow, are you not going to be just as fired up? Oh, for sure. Exactly. Absolutely. So, you know, you kind of get like you get married to these certain spots, you know, and it's spots you've had success in. But I think and to kind of put a bow on it, because we could ramble about this all day long, but we want, if you can get anything out of this one, you know, try not to get tunnel vision and try to have that, that mindset of, you know, we're always trying to grow. We're always looking to grow in all aspects, and we're always looking to, to push ourselves, right. trying to not get stubborn, try to see outside of the box, try to not get that tunnel vision. I think if you do that and you look at it as a marathon, it's not a sprint, try to grow, try to always improve, you know, whether it's in the gym or in the woods or as a dad or as a husband or um, whatever it may be, you'll start to see – more successes whether it's in the woods whether it's at at your job whether it's at home you're just going to see more success in life as a whole right and, and i think too is is you have to humble yourself that's right you have to understand that you can always be better 
Because and, and if you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. 100%. <laughs> Preach it, my brother. I, Preach it, brother. If I can start clapping right here. It's happening, you know, by, Come on. By, by testimony <laughs> itself, and that, that'll be for another podcast. Come but, on now. Um, humble yourself to understand that you can always be a better you. You can always be a better hunter. You can always do something different and, and tweak your uh, fathering patterns. You can always be a better Christian. Seek God's face. Find out what he wants for in the store. And you can't you can't lie to yourself. You can lie to other people, but but God's not gonna bless who you pretend to be. God's gonna bless who you truly are at heart, and only you and him know who that is. So that's the key word, heart. Yeah. He knows your heart. Right. You know, that that's period. <laughs> that is the end all be all. That's right. All right. Well, what do you think, man? You got anything else before we uh we can put a bow on it? I guess it but well, we're uh, guys, we're coming up about 30 minutes here. First off, we want to give a, gr- a big thank you to everybody. We got some really awesome feedback and some really good reviews after our first episode that we put out and, and shared. And uh, we, we really appreciate you guys. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, we ask that uh, you share. Let us know what you think and uh, leave us a review. All right, we'll catch you all next time on the God's Country podcast where we talk about faith, family, and the outdoors. Thanks.